Welcome, everyone. You listen to A Night at the Round Table, coming to you live from BBS Radio Station One. My name is Randy, and I'm your host for this, this round table meeting. My colleagues and cohorts are psychic and soul historian Amina McGee, who loves fairies, elves, ascended masters, all of whom are her constant companions. Our faction's three white knights, Rama Ojurna and Tara Green, who have been involved for 40-plus years in the mission of passing on information about their history of the planet, the Milky Way galaxy, the universe of Nebadon, and all the other universes out there. The biggest part of the story is the development and the imminent declaration of Nasara, a major part of the conversation on this show, and a focus on the Friday and Saturday shows as well. We're joined by our guests, Micah, who studies alchemy and health-related matters, quantum physics, also with the Keshe Foundation. He chops wood in Canadian forests. He carries water. Now, before enlightenment, and suspects he'll probably be doing it after enlightenment. And Penny, our note-taker, archivist, editor of material related to the weekly calls, research of subjects discussed. She fusses over sentence structure and spelling, though she does not wear round glasses or a bun in her hair. Since grade school, she has been and still is a croix. She sings in the choir because they don't know what they can't pronounce that word. She likes good stories, puns, and laughter. Now, today's show is going to be a roundtable discussion on current events, so please do join us for that. Please call in if you have a comment or a question on any issue. You can call us at 866-627-6008 or 323-744-4841. You can write these down now, 866-627-6008. 323-744-4841. So to start us off today, we're going to have a short meditation from Amina. Amina, I pass you the talking stick. Thank you, Randy. Everybody just get comfortable and have a couple of um, deep cleansing breaths. And through your third eye or your imagination, I want you to manifest. What 2024 is going to bring you. Also, to take a short little walk on any path that you decide to go on and see what's blocking you from any of your manifestations. Trust could be one. Language could be one. Open to receiving could be one. You need all three of them to manifest. So if you want 2024 to be one of your best years ever on this journey, as you breathe calmly, you have to take a look and see, are you open to receiving? You would always say thank you if you're open to receiving. You would always receive a compliment and you'd always allow somebody to help you or give you something. If you don't trust, you'll know that too. And the language has to be precise. Let's say if you want everything to be for the higher good, 
then you would say, I want all my intentions to be for the higher good for 2024. I will accept no less. I am open to receiving for my higher good. And I trust my higher self, my higher power, all my guides love me, and I am open to receiving their love. I am open to receiving. I am open to retrusting. I am using the correct language. And all my intentions are for the higher good, for peace in the world, for kindness to come into my life, for all the gifts that I have, that I can manifest more, and I can manifest much for my higher good. In God's most holy name, I am. Amen. As you become more aware that you're in the room, please join us. And I pass the talking stick back to Randy. Thank you, Peter. Just give me a minute. You're welcome. Well, I'm going to call you in mean, for your energy report until my throat recovers here. So I pass okay. the stick back to you. Well, thank you, Randy. Uh, my energy report is very simple, actually. Um, I think that I could feel the waves coming in and also the exhaustion that comes with it. Again, it's, it's, like, it's like this wave that all of a sudden it hits me and I just have to lie down. So, I'm sure everybody else is feeling the same. However, with all this new energy coming in, my clarity and my abilities to do things is astounding. I can bilocate and work. Maybe that adds my exhaustion. I'm not sure. And what else could I tell you about it? All I can tell you, anyone that's suffering from any of these kind of symptoms, where your head's a little light, your body needs to lie down, drink lots of water, definitely rest whenever you can, because it's really important to for your equilibrium. I think it's important just for your sanity. And... That's about all I have to say. If any more else comes into my brain, I will definitely pass the message. Sending the, I was going to say walking stick, Randy, back to you, but it's a talking stick. And is that your cat that I, that I saw on the frame? Yes, it is. That's what you're seeing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there he is. He's just cool. going back to his chair. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's alive. That's good. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> okay. That's always good. So. Okay, we know you're alive, Randy. Are you there? The cats have left the chat. They yeah. have. For another cat to be there and sending good vibrations to your voice, Randy. My pipes are not cooperating tonight, so I'll try the best I can to keep going. So, I've been talking to a lot of people all around the world this week, and many, many people are coming down with ascension symptoms, cold problems, vision problems, hearing problems, but they're not problems. What it is, is their bodies are constantly adjusting to this new cosmic energy that's coming in. And I felt on Christmas that something really, really wild happened in the energies. And it's still going on. So I would think that, I think a lot of people were focusing on families and love and peace on Christmas and Boxing Day and continuing on. Because really, truly, this madness absolute madness of just a few on the planet who think they can run the show, uh, but they're not running the show. The universe is running the show. And as these cosmic energies come in, you're going to see more emotional upset people because they can't handle the energies because they're simply not in contact with their soul. Because this is what this is all about. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience So we have the soul in the physical body, but we have the other soul in the universe. So the idea is to come down to earth and learn to reconnect with your soul that's still in the universe. We're still in the universe, except that we're manifesting and we're here on this little planet earth. And this planet is nothing more than a grand school for any kind of a being who wants to feel physicality in some kind of a body on earth, be it animal, vegetable, mineral. Like a person said the other day, I'm glad I can still eat my steak and call myself a vegetarian. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, what's the cow? He's out in nature, and all he eats is grass, and that's a plant. So, in essence, I'm eating the byproduct of a plant, which is true. We have to understand something about the animal, mineral, vegetable, plant, human communications. This is what we're also here to learn, is how to communicate with every other life form on the planet. How many people that grow good gardens go out to the garden and talk to the plants? Most people do. Most people talk farmers 
talk all the time to the plants and maybe cussing and swearing because there's no rain and da 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 da, but that's being a farmer. I always talk to any of my projects. I go and tell them good morning and how are you doing, and that's doing good. Just keep doing what you're doing because our thoughts are very, very powerful. And you have to realize that what we call the dark ones, they know that. But you see, their powers are being diminished more and more and more and more. Because as the cosmic energies get higher and higher, and the idea is, is we're to transmute those frequencies into our body, into the earth, and then broadcast it to wherever we are. And when we walk into a room, and we simply be ourselves, we add to the energy of that room. We don't have to speak. We don't have to go dancing or anything else. We just have to be there. So you understand that what's happening in so many places <sighs> is that people are becoming aware of this. People, ordinary people, are asking questions. They seem to be more friendly when you want to interact with them. They're getting the message. They're not totally awake, but they're getting part of it. That's the whole idea. The peace can only come from within. Now, Mr. Kesh had a real wild teaching last night. I suggest everybody go listen to it. You go into about 10 minutes. He talks about the history of religion. He talks about the history of the Iranian flag and how they changed it and how everything is misinterpreted in all religions. doesn't matter what it is. It's all misinterpreted as to what they were doing. Because, you see, religion has also become commercialized. And that's the sad part. It used to be people were coming together for socialization. But now the preachers go on TV and they're salesmen. We need the money. We need the money to build my big palace. And buy a jet and do this and do that, do whatever. <clears throat> That's totally you misusing the powers and energy of creation. Because you see, that's who we have to answer to is creation. Your soul and your body is your own creation. You are the master of your universe. You are your universe, and you walk into another room, you're walking into all those other universes. And as you see on the screen, someone decided, that's enough of this. I'm not going to listen to my human anymore. I'm going to crawl underneath the covers and go to sleep. So we have to understand something, that our animals are absolutely aware of every single thing that's going on with us and in our environment. And they're very, very sensitive to that. 
They will look at you with those eyes and their smiles and do all sorts of things and tell you things are changing. And I'm here to help you. When I went on the call, Mr. Cashat, on the 14th, I laid on the bed. The cats were there in an instant. They could feel the energy. All the animals can feel the energy. Do you realize that here in Canada, we've still got geese that are here in close to coming in a few days in January? Usually they're gone by the end of October. What does that mean that's changing for the environment for those animals to stay here? Usually they're absolutely gone. So, I'm going to pass this talking stick to Penny for her energy report. Penny, you have the talking stick. Excuse me. Um, I'm not going to say very much because I want to save my um, gunshots for the end of the show. Uh, I want to, at that point, I want to talk a little bit about the music that I've chosen uh, for the final piece of music. Uh, for the year and uh, that's where I want to save my ammunition and um, but I will say about the energies I've been feeling having headaches off and on as uh, I, I and I'm not a headache person I give other people headaches but I don't usually have them myself only that's not quite the way it's uh, been working the last few days It's just off and on, you know, off again, on again, gone again, Finnegan, really, something like that. And that's, uh, and then sometimes overwhelming tiredness. But some of that's also my own fault, you know, for not going to bed early enough to to get a good sleep. So it's hard to know how much of it's me and how much of it's the universe. Well, the headaches is the universe. The rest of it's mine, I think. But anyway, that's my energy report. So I pass it back to you, Randy. Thank you, Penny. Micah, are you ready to give your report before Ramantara? Sure. Thanks, Randy. And um, greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. Um, There will be a time coming when mankind will free its soul from the prison that we have created around our souls and to reintegrate into the universal community. Time does not exist in the rest of the world of creation. Mankind is the only one who created time. One day, nobody will walk into churches or mosques because you will know what the intention is behind them. Doctors, they show you the bleep of your physicality, And the Keshe Foundation shows you the bleep of your soul. Everything that the Keshe Foundation does is scientific. It's not magic. To the level of the transmutation of the soul, it's documented. I want everyone on the show tonight to get a better understanding of love. It's unconditional. No matter what the other parties say, You still respond with unconditional love. I am open to receiving all my intentions 
are for the highest good of all concerned. I am. And with that, I pass the talking stick back to you, Randy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Micah. Well, Rama and Tara, it seems to be your turn. So I'm going to pass the talking stick to you, too, and you have the floor. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Kenny. It's us here. That's who we are. Thank you, Omina. Thank Thank you, everyone. And, uh, yes, the energies are higher and higher. Uh, What Rama's learning from the Faction Three White Knights is just soaring. Yeah. Huge, massive solar coronal flares and ejections. Yes. Just pouring into the planets. There's this huge coronal hole in the sun. And by tomorrow, it's going to be facing us. And the solar winds that are coming our way, uh, more solar flares and and more ascension symptoms and upgrades. And, you know, I've been going through the energy shifts. I get headaches and uh, funny aches and pains and uh, watching the universe spin at crazy speeds it it is amazing to behold i can say it is a very awesome time to be alive and at the same time it's quite precarious and um what's going on on the planet i all we are saying is give peace a chance. There is so much stuff going on, and it's about sending more love to the situations that need to go from drama to dharma. <laughs> Let's put it that way. We are being asked to do the sadhana to lift the planet up and here you are um in the last few days i can just say that i keep watching the upgrades going on with the sun and us in our cells and our dna and All the beings, known and unknown, are talking to us, letting us know this is the time that we all get to meet and greet each other, and the entire galactic uh, family is here. Um, Whether you have fur, fins, or scales, we're all family. (laughs) 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 and um, it's a big deal because some of us have been here from the very beginning when mother decided to do that big bang thing with 
Alcyon. And um, <laughs> here we are. I can just say that watching what's unfolding and experiencing it, I'm steering clear of getting into um, political discussions out there in the um, mundane world, as Harry Potter calls it, because as the energies lift us higher, um, all the wisdom is being downloaded right into our DNA, and we got to talk to our DNA ourselves. This is every day you ask the universe what's next, and it will detail it to the letter to you it's just calling in the force and asking in loving presence getting into that neutral oneness place to hear it and that's the challenge with all the stuff going on that's a big deal to experience it and I can say the the Peshats, the deer, the crows, the wolves, all the folks that are coming through the various dimensions to let us know they're here are stepping forward. Um, I'm seeing more animals than I have in, I could say, my uh, Seventy times around the sun, and it's about this time we're in right now. Um, what I know about how we can connect with the quantum field, the force is using what um, the masters, the teachers have been teaching us for years by activating our kundalini and working with the breath. It's very simple. Aurora Ray did almost a two and a half hour uh, talk today with Another one of her partners, um, her fellow Sikh uh, teacher, sharing how these kundalini activation techniques work. And Yogi Bhajan was teaching us this. And uh, Swami Muktananda, Swami Satchidananda, so many masters, 
since the 60s have been bringing it forward for us to upgrade ourselves. And I'm seeing this happen in real time with the particles from the sun, the interactions with the animals, and just an overall sense that the next shoe is going to drop. And it is about full disclosure. And uh, (laughs) it's it's quite an amazing time to be alive. Um, But uh, I will pass the talkie stick to you or? Well, I was just going to say that. And then I'll read this. Um. Yes, 2024 is an eight year, and t- this year was a seven year, and that's St. Germain's number. So this whole year has been a preparation through the divine alchemy of the number seven of St. Germain and the violet flame. And we've been blazing the violet fire, and we got to keep on doing it. <laughs> and that, again, manifestation. It's a double four, too. An eight is a double four. And four is spiritual foundation. So we're doing this at a higher level of evolution for the sake of a higher evolutionary consciousness among all of humanity for this whole next year. And Yes, Ronald? Nothing. Oh, okay. Um, so my thoughts are that... Um, uh, one thing I know I, I learned how to do this, like walk in the path of or the pattern of the number that you're manifesting. So you can imagine an eight on your floor somewhere, and then you can walk in the eight pattern on the floor. That works, taking your whole physicality. And it's the infinity sign, too. I I like that about the number eight. The flow is there. And infinity that you can transform, 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 and do it with joy and happiness and bliss. Let's be some bliss balls for a whole nother year. That's how we get through these energies and not get caught in the drama. And St. Francis of Assisi has a movie after him. It's called Brother, Son, Sister Moon. I highly recommend if you have not seen it, or even if you have, watch it again. It's called Brother, Son, Sister Moon. And I'm sure it's on the internet. Been there for many, many moons. um, the The symbol of if you want to live life, Take your time, go slowly. Do a few things and do them well. Simple joys are holy. Day by day, stone by stone, build your temple slowly. Day by day, 
you grow to you know heaven's glory anyway i really feel that every day is a living manifestation day always has been but we've got extra emphasis on it for this next year that's what i feel and i'm happy i'm happy 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 um so and for everyone uh we wish great health and happiness on onward and uh let's do breathing i know a lot of us you know deep breathing and bring it all the way into the hara and you can sing the sound of om and you can do it along with there's uh places on the internet where they sing the sound of om and it's absolutely powerful we should play some of that maybe sometime over the weekend everybody yeah. but a, a a manifestation day that would also um a manifestation year that was also imply moving to higher levels of consciousness because you're manifesting in the in the uh in the looking forward of laying the foundation for a higher way of being in the world and i guess that's the word that i have to share with everyone i pass talk is dicka how you how you uh, oh ron is going to read for us we'll yeah. save on randy's voice yes do this yes ron go ahead okay this starts on christmas eve um i went and sat with six deer ten crows and one elk and there was a big elk and he sat for five minutes with us and the deer and the crows hung out longer but the one elk just he sat there and just was one pointed watching what we all did and i just was spinning the crystals and calling in the energies they all said to me telepathically lord rama the energies are doubly extremely large today there were big big solar flares today lots of plasma starships everywhere in the sky there was an x class flare 1.3 early in this day of christmas eve i heard from the force the quantum field with my inner ear stay in the oneness to return of the office of the christ to set in focus on the return of the light satnam namaste grace to violet fire and this was monday i sat with nine gear three crows at sun mountain at 1202 just afternoon this christmas day it was very cold the big solar flares continue then i received a text message from tom the ringtail cat and sweet angelic the cat 
They said to me, Lord Rama, Merry Christmas. The energies are very high, and the return of the Christ is at hand. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Leave the matrix alone. It is dead and gone. Keep looking up. We are here. Call us in. We are ready for tea. Satnam Namaste Blaze Divided Fire. And this is Tuesday. I sat with two deer and three crows higher up on Sun Mountain today at 11.35. It was very cold, 28 above uh, Fahrenheit, 28 Fahrenheit at 11.25. Although it was a full moon at 7.33 p.m. Eastern Time this evening, At 4 degrees, 58 minutes of cancer, Kwanzaa begins today. Boxing Day in Canada and the UK as well. There were big solar flares on Christmas Day again. Then I received a text message from Rosa of Palestine at 11.38 this morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, The starships are everywhere here in the skies over Palestine. They are semi-cloaked. We are beaming folks up as we can. What is going on here? I have no words to explain. I could say this is best described by the pastor who was an Amy Goodman this morning. Bethlehem has been closed for Christmas because of the war. Even though this looks very dark, we have won. Call in all the angels, masters, teachers. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Satnam Namaste. Grace the Violet Fire. And this is today. I received a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat. At Sweet Angelique the Cat at 1.03 this afternoon, they said to me, Lord Rama, heads up, there are ginormous solar flares coming in within the next two, three days. There is a very large coronal hole in the sun right now, and this hole is going to be facing the earth by tomorrow. We are in for a good ride. Each time this happens, our DNA gets an upgrade. It is tangible. It is real. As we meditate and do the sadhana, it upgrades our DNA exponentially. And um, Meanwhile, the matrix continues to melt down fast. We are being tested to the limits of our ability to remain neutral. The use of our free will to remain neutral and in unconditional divine love is the key to our ascension, even though we are still walking through Mordor. The light of ten trillion suns is shining upon us. We have won. 
the sun shines on everyone because it makes choices. Stay in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, Grace of Iron Fire. And I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Omina? Oh, you're sending it back to me? Yes. Okay. Oh, Randy. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. The solar flares affect all of us in different ways. (laughs) Yes, they do. I was sometimes when they hit, I get laid out. I just, I'm not here. My body's here, but I'm somewhere else. Now, the last few days, I've been thinking, you know, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, man communicated with nature in many different ways. That got me thinking. What are the oldest instruments in the world? Well, the oldest instrument is a flute. Some piece of bone they found somewhere, they figured it's about twenty-five to 30,000 years old, maybe more because it's so fragile they don't want to put it to any testing. But in Vietnam, they found, they call it the lithophone. I'm going to play it for you. And what it is, It's rocks, and they're suspended on steel, and a person plays them. And you hear a drum in the background, and they found these things somewhere buried in Vietnam, so it's about a minute long. Okay, um, I don't know what happened to Randy's microphone, um, but maybe Omina, I thought you had something you wanted to say a little bit a while ago. Maybe can you, you hear might... that, guys? No. Now, now I could... can hear you. Now I can hear you, Randy. No, isn't that flipping strange? It's playing yeah. on my speakers, but it won't play for you guys. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Anyway, there must be a problem. But anyway, I'll send it to Penny. And a minute. It should work. You can't hear this. No. You don't hear. Oh, that's really weird. Anyway, it might have to do with the way I've got the webcam hooked up to where I've got that shut off. So anyway, (laughs) what it is, it's 12 stones. There's no amplification at all. Okay, then the other thing that I found out, they had two trumpets that they found in the Pyramid of Giza. They waited until 1939 before someone even attempted to play them. They were so scared of what they would do. Now, I have the recording. I found it. Have some recording made in 1939, and someone filmed it in black and white. The other thing is, the most haunting musical instrument they've ever found is called the Aztec Death Whistle. And what it is, it's a skull. And you blow through the top 
of the skull. And it is an unbelievable sound. Wow. And they played that before. And then you take a look, look at history. <clears throat> what did many different people do before and when they went to war? They sounded a trumpet. Mm-hmm. They had some kind of a device to alert the troops it was time to go to war. So, and had, so you know, back then, you have to realize some of the protocols they had. They had them all lined up, many famous things in England on different hills, and they put the trumpets off, and that was the sound to go. So there was, at that time, there was actually some etiquette. Not now. It's just kill, maim, whatever they do. It's time for all that stuff to end. See, because we have to learn how to communicate again with people. Because that is the problem right now. We have so many methods of communication, but everybody's forgot how to talk human to human. Yes? I wanted, before before you get too far down this rabbit hole, um, I'd like you to go back to the other one about the communications when you went to war. You said they were protocols or something? Yes. Well, you can you elaborate the, just a little bit? Yes, I can. In the old days, they used to send soldiers ahead of time to not only do reconnaissance, but to let the kings, they always sent troops back, to let the kings know that there may be something happening. There was always little soldiers going out and spying, and that's been going on for a long time. In some times when they met, they would send the soldiers ahead. Are the men ready to go to battle? Those are the things that they don't put in the history books. But if you find books, they call them fiction books, but they're not really fiction. Because some people are writing the history in a way and telling it, but the publishers won't put it out as fact. They want to put it out as fiction because it'll upset their apple cart. And you're going to see a lot of things in 2024 upset many, many things, and many people's apple carts are going to be upset because it's time to bring all this stuff to the surface. So our history that we're taught, is it the real history? And this is why they don't like the archaeologists, because they could, archaeologists could rewrite all of history of what they found. Have Go you to, any, sorry, I'm, I know I'm interrupting you, but I have you in all the people that you've been talking to, have you found from them any indication of how they think this will unfold? Or are, are you just thinking of Nasara and the announcements to be the, the plug that has to be pulled or what? It's past the point of just the announcements. It has to do with the awakening of humanity in totality, in everything. It's not just saying we were contacting with what we call the aliens, which is our galactic brothers and sisters. It is the absolute release of the true history of the planet and the galaxy. You see, you're always taught in school that, you know, you got the sun and the earth revolves around the sun. and, and But what do we revolve around? They don't teach that. 
They don't teach many different things. That's they won't change. That's also true, but you haven't answered my question. Uh, at least I don't think you have, or maybe you're going in that direction. Uh, but I was wondering, with all the people that you're talking to, and I know they're saying that some, I know they're talking about what you're talking about, but do any of them have any indication how the apple cart is going to get upset? Who's going to be the first one to pull the wheel off the wagon? Do you know? Or have you any The indication? wheels have fallen off the wagon already. All right. So who's going to it say to everybody, have... look, look, the wheels are off the wagon. The wheels are off the wagon. Does anybody People have to learn how to recognize the little signals that are there all the time. Someone told me that this new Aquaman movie is all about Antarctica. Hmm. Sometimes some of these movies and TV shows and things that are coming out are telling the truth. I just watched a movie about a doctor. They called him Dr. Death Con Man, a cutthroat con man. And this story is absolutely 100% true. It's about a surgeon who come on the scene and said he can grow the thorax. He can grow so you people who can't talk, he can grow one from your stem cells. So he had all these things and he went to, he had all these credentials and all these things and for many years and all of a sudden he got into Sweden, into some institute and he began to work there and he had some success. So because this institution is the same institution that hands out the Nobel Prize they got millions and millions and millions of dollars in grants and research money and all sorts of different things. But what they didn't know later on is of the 17 people that he worked on, I think of the six people he worked on in that institute, every single one of them died. And of nobody copy. reported it? Oh, it was reported. It was reported. They called for a special investigation with an external investigator, not tied into the institution or any of the universities or hospitals that he said he worked at. This person did all this stuff and said, hey, uh, this guy's credentials are all false. They're all fake. He never went here. He never worked here. He never got any of these things. But because this institution got millions and millions of dollars. The president and the CEO said, no, we stand behind his work. Then, by this time, he'd flown out, he'd left the coop and flew to Russia. Then he got to end the problem in, into Russia. And then someone took him to court in the United States and turns out that he, yeah, it got proven in court that Oh, guy, this guy is a fraud, da-da-da-da-da. So, but the Institute would not go back on what they were saying. Eventually, those two, two people got fired. But this took years. It took five years of investigation to finally get this guy to get caught. So that is to me. Now, these are TV. This was a TV show. And it's so true. To me, this is, yes, 100% true. It is now educating the people 
that what we take for granted that's out there to help us is absolutely not helping us. That the medical profession, and this means no disrespect to any doctors or nurses or anybody that's operating, but it's the system is there only to make money. It's driven by money. It's not driven by what people have been led to believe what's called the Hippocratic Oath. I asked my brother, who's been a doctor for many years, what about the Hippocratic Oath? And he began to laugh. What do you mean? He said, they tell us about that. We don't ever sign a piece of paper saying that. He said, that's just taught. It's something taught. It's an old thing. But no one signs it. They don't teach you that. It's just because in the United States, if they did that, no hospital would be in business in 10 minutes. You see, folks, we have to realize something. There are so many new technologies waiting in the wings to be bought out to really help civilization. But we have a few 1% that think they are in control. When, in fact, they are not in control at all. So I and they are losing control every minute of every day. But you're not going to see it on mainstream news. This is why, if you want your news, we have to start going to alternative methods, alternative sites. Why would the crime minister of this country... Say to Facebook, you can't put any new, you can't put any other news on Facebook unless I approve it. Well, because all these world leaders, they're being caught left, right, and center of things that they said that have not become true. All of them all over the world are backtracking now because of all this stuff with the vaccines. They're all backtracking because now. They've all been caught, all of them. All the scientists are coming out, doctors are coming out, nurses are coming out. Everybody's saying we didn't have to do any of this. So and this the other is, th- I just want to add into what you're saying, and really in support of what you're saying, is that the material that I've been reading, like just, just in a few sources, two or three sources, uh, the research that has been been going on for the last three years, and it, uh, it's just been sped up by the existence of the vaccines and so on and so forth, because there was all kinds of stuff, uh, gray matter there, gray pages, gray screens that shouldn't have been there. You know, everything should have been very, very clear about the after effects of these uh, materials that are being injected into people. So. Um, the research has got doubled and tripled in the uh, in the three years since all of this has started to happen, and the stuff that's coming out right now is absolutely uh, well. I, I don't know what word to use for it. Too, it makes you gasp uh, because the research is proving what the drug companies would not say beforehand, and. It's taken three years for that to come out now, too. So so it's a question of how long does this have to keep on going and coming from people like Dr. McCullough and some of the others before everybody else starts to realize what is being said right around them. So we're coming back to 
um, the answer to my question, which is that we're trying to get the general public to be aware of what we have been finding out to at the front of the pack. Is that more or less the summary, Randy? Yes, because you see, researchers all over the world are beginning to question a lot of the research the drug companies put out, and they're finding out the drug companies didn't do any research. And if they did do research, it was on a bunch of mice and everything failed. So remember, the head of Pfizer is not a human doctor. He's a veterinarian. He's a veterinarian. But because Would he has Would you take your cats to... there? <laughs> no. Never. No, never. <laughs> so I have to get that. And in. this yeah. is the thing people have to realize. It's because you have, and I mean no disrespect, because you have the name doctor doesn't mean you're an expert. When my father got his license as a journeyman mechanic, it read Dr. Miller, doctor of motors. So he could put a, you know, if he was a head of business card, he could put doctor on it, you know. And in some countries, that is very prestigious. But you're a doctor. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that I've always have said for a very long time. Some of the best educated people in the world never went to school. Henry Ford dropped out of school. And look what he did to the automotive industry. He started the automotive line of building cars. He invented the entire whole thing we know today. Now robots are doing it and all sorts of different things. But in the essence of the time of the thing, he did it. He was taken to court by his family to say he was getting older and the sons were trying to take control of the company and they're trying to say dad was senile He doesn't know what he was doing. He just said, Your Honor, if I don't know something about what's going on in my factory, I hire someone who does. And then they advise me what to do. Did he go to school to get that kind of knowing? No, he didn't. He just said plain old common sense. And to me, we don't have that anymore. That's been drummed out of our education system. And the education system we have right now uh, is an absolute farce because they're not teaching any life skills at all, none, zero. I'm hearing from so many tradespeople all over the world that their businesses are thriving, but they're so far behind in their work Because they can't get qualified people to work. These guys have been university trained by a book. And he's an engineer. But he's got no real world experience. So me, as the head engineer, I would have to be babysit this guy. And that takes time away from what I'm really supposed to do. So this is happening all over the place. Now, we get this 1% to think they rule the 99%. They're playing all sorts of games with transportation and everything else. 
not understanding that in the long run, they're only going to hurt themselves. Yeah, that's true. Because it's eventually going to hit their pockets. They're going to begin to lose the money. But you have to understand something about people when you get past a certain level of dollars and cents. When you're a multi-billionaire and you're doing business and you lose a quarter million or a million, you don't sit there and cry a river of tears. You say, okay, I lost a million today. So what? Tomorrow, I'll just have to make it back. Because you don't get emotionally attached to your loss. And this is the big thing we all have to learn. We have to learn how to control our emotions. We try to remain as neutral as we can. We can have the compassion and the empathy for what's going on, but we do not want to get drawn into the drama that these beings create because they will take the energy of your emotion and they will take it and use it against you. That's, they call it, louche. Now, just give me a sec here. I have to find something. It was very, very good. The word school, spelled backwards, is L-O-O-C-H-S. Well, let's call that louche. And that means emotional, mental, physical, and soulful suffering. A force of dark energy needed as food for the parasites that feed off this planet the animals and humans alike. Excuse me. This source, soul force, energy, is encouraged in children because children have the brightest, most radiant light of all. They are a feast and torturing them for 12 plus years breaks most minds, hearts of our young. That's what schools are doing right now. The problem is, the parents who've been brainwashed by the television, the newspapers, the antibiotics that they're taking, the chemtrails, and on and on and on, they've lost the ability to think for themselves. And sometimes the kids are a hundred times smarter than the parents. So the parent, the kids are coming home and say, this is what's going on in school, mom and dad. I don't want to go to school because of that. Oh, no, 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 you need an education, da, 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 da. because they're not listening to their children because they're too absorbed in what? Trying to make a living to keep the lights on, the power on, the heat going, and food on the table because everything is going up. Cost of food, cost of gas, everything except the wages. and. We have more and more and more and more and more taxes. In Canada now, that's it. So bad up to your low gas prices because that's it. In January, they go back up again. 
more carbon tax. People, without carbon, without CO2, we can't exist. Plants love CO2. Good vegetable farmers, they pump CO2 into their quonsets where they grow the food in the wintertime to keep them going. And you see, they have to sell something. They have to keep the fear propaganda machine going. And you look at all the things over all the years. How many years have we heard the world is going to end tomorrow if you don't put some money in the coughing plate so God can fix things? No disrespect to God. But I remember... When I was 20 years old, I was given a collection of books from a woman, from her grandfather. And I found this paperback book from 1919. It was actually a hardcover book. And I read it. And in that book, they were talking about the new age coming. But we maybe are going to have the end of the world first. So how many years has this been preached onto the public to keep the public in fear and unaware that we don't need to go down that road at all, period? If we concentrate on peace and really mean it and really broadcast it, we can change things. Mr. Kesh said a long time ago, Give me one hour a day, and in a week, I'll change the planet. What he means is, by energy, by magnetic energy of soul-to-soul communication, because that's what it's all about. We don't need any machines to do anything, but humans have been taught since the Industrial Revolution is when it began, we got all these wild and woolly machines that are going to help us. And Tesla doesn't want you to know how many accidents they've had with the robots malfunctioning and injuring the people on the assembly line. And I mean injured. Because it's very difficult to shut these robots off. From what I understand from the reports that I've read. So, And why do they want us in electric cars? Because they want us not to go anywhere. Their idea is 15-minute cities, which means we don't have to go very far to do everything. To me, sorry, that's a prison. It's a fancy prison, but there's no bars. But you have this nice building you're moving into. It's got a pharmacy. It's got this. It's got that. It's got all the rotten food of all the junk food of all the stores and all that stuff. Folks, understand something. We have to get back to living with nature. That means eating real food. If you go into a modern department store and you take out all the junk food, you could cut the store's size in half. Aisles and aisles of nothing but sugar, artificial food, and all the ads on TV that this is good for you. 
I don't watch television. The other day, I decided I'm going to turn it on and see what it's like. Turned it on for 15 minutes and I shut it off. Because there was 10 minutes of commercials and 5 minutes of show. But the commercials were just fear, 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 fear. If you're sick, you need this. Or your aunt's sick. Oh, do you need a lawyer? All these things, guys, realize something. If we go outside and sit outside for 15 minutes and do absolutely nothing but stare at the sun, the moon, the trees, look at the birds, that'll do you more good than anything. Because you're soaking in natural energy. I was on a call before the show with Sylvie the Cat Whisperer. One of the messages that the animals were giving to the people was, why are you people so stressed? Why are you so stressful? Don't worry, things will be okay. Sometimes we all get worked up into a frenzy. I do the same thing sometimes because the time as we know it is speeding up. And what we used to, okay, I'm going to plan my day. I'm going to do this. 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 Because time's going so fast, we have six items on our thing we're going to do today. We only get done three. So we get frustrated and we get mad at ourselves. And why did I, why can't I do all this stuff? Well, because time is speeding up. We have to learn how to slow our breathing down. And when I was taking martial arts as a kid, my cousin said, if you slow your breathing down, you'll slow time down. And you'll be able to see and anticipate the other person's move before he does. But you have to remain calm, cool, and collective. Trying to remain calm, cool, and collective in a modern city today is almost impossible. Fire trucks, ambulances, police cars, noise. I don't like going into the cities because all that noise bothers me because a lot of it is silent. AM, FM, all these radio frequencies being pumped more and more and more and more. Now we got Wi-Fi. Never mind the 5G. That's a whole other thing. That's, there's so many levels and frequencies in the 5G band, it's unflipping believable of all bands. I suggest everybody go on the Internet and look up and find a chart of the electromagnetic spectrum and then look and see how much of that spectrum that we only see. We only see a very narrow part as a human being, but our body feels all the rest. They always say the eyes are the part to the soul, which is true. The eyes go into the brain. Brain's where the soul is. The heart runs the brain. And this is the thing that they're discovering, and many of the advanced sciences 
but they do not want to let the public know that. Because all their things that they've been preaching for all these times of what's going to hurt you, what's going to help you, all these, it's all wrong. This is also part of disclosure. Is the disclosure of what the human body is, what it does, how it reacts to the environment, and how it reacts to the universe. Mr. Kesh has said, we are a space institute. Our focus is on getting man into space and understanding that he can travel in space in his soul. He can also take the physical body with him if he wants to. We've talked on this show for hundreds of hours. Of what we're doing is we're going through ascension, which means, and many other people are saying this, but they're saying it in a different way. Before you had to get in contact with your, your real soul, you had to die. Well, that's no fun. You go into the soul, but where's the body? Where's the fun? Now, we're given the opportunity, all of us and all of the universe, to go into that realm of understanding of the true soul and you're going to have your physical body with you so you can have those physical experiences that make Earth so unique because of what? Emotions. What is emotion? Energy in motion. So, move. Move the energy. Keep moving. How many people get into health problems because they're active all their life and they retire and they don't move? They don't move around like they used to because the body begins to slow down. Everything slows down. Metabolism, muscles, the energy flowing through the body, everything else. I know a gentleman who used to be a policeman when he was young. He was a wrestler at 85 years old. He's out there at 6 o'clock in the morning. He's bench pressing 200 pounds for an hour every morning. Then he said, you know, I'm getting a little old. I'm getting a little tired bench pressing 200. So I'm only going to do 100 now. But he learned because of the profession that he was in, being a professional wrestler, if he didn't keep his muscles moving and he didn't keep them active, he began to have a lot of pain. So he had to do his exercises every single day to keep his body in shape. And he also said, you have to keep your mind in shape too. He was an avid reader. He liked to read. He did exercises. He lived with nature. And the funny thing was, when he got ill, because of different things that he was exposed to during his life, I can't exactly say the words that he said, because they're quite uh, un... It's, it's like a little swearing. He was in the bed, and he woke up. Damn it! Still here! 
thought I died last night, but I'm still here. Well, I guess I'm going to stick around for a while yet and bother everybody else. So he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to die. But he wanted to. But the soul kept him around. He wasn't done yet. He wasn't done teaching. He loved his grandchildren. He loved to talk and tell stories. So you see, who's really in control? Is the physical soul in control at that point? No. His spiritual soul was in control of the physical soul. And when the, those two souls agree, that's when departure begins. The Cash Foundation has done extensive research into the energy aspects of what happens when the soul leaves the, when the spiritual and physical soul leave the physicality. Hang on to your chairs, folks, because the energy released when that happens is 18 times larger than the bomb of Hiroshima. That so much energy is in the soul and the human body. So realize that's how much power you as a single human being has energy-wise. This is why there's people that can just walk up, put their hands on an animal or another human, and the person is fixed. They're fixed. Why? Because the souls are in communication, one soul says, here, I got a little extra energy. You can take some from me. Give and take. Ask and receive. I was on a phone call today, and someone said, you know, I wish people would smarten up. I said, what do you mean? He said, it's so simple to get ahead in life. All you have to do is ask for help. And then, once you ask for help, listen. Because it may come to you in a totally different way than what you think it's going to. It's not just with the physical ears. Sometimes it's with the emotional body. But just see, what they have to understand about the human body is, this is why it's so hard to be a teacher, to teach children. Because one person may be a visual person. Another person may be an audio person, which means they need to hear it. Another person may need to have the teacher actually come up and put their hand on them and say, this is how you do it, Billy. But now you can't touch children, which is a shame. All wrong. And this is why you'll have this is why they invented bell curves and all things to make the teachers look good. Real education is not repeating something. Because in essence, we already know everything there is to know already. If we're only tapped into that. So that's one thing that I will say after living in Asia compared to the Western world is over there, they're way more open to spirit and spiritual energies 
And it's even taught in some schools. We're over here. What are we taught? You have to get a just over broke. I mean, a job. You have to marry, have 2.5 children, 1.2 dogs, and a white picket fence. And in you're a slave to debt all your life. Where you go into the jungle of any country in the world, and you talk to that guy that's lived in the jungle, he's actually quite educated in life. He'll tell you, sun and moon, clouds. Look at the Dogon tribe. Go out into the ocean, and they travel by using the stars to guide them, and then some of them even know the waveforms of the ocean to know which way the currents are going so they don't have to paddle the boats. That's a knowing. That's being in touch with nature. You don't get that when you go to a university and you read a whole bunch of books and you take a whole bunch of exams. That's the other thing. We already know so much, but we're stopping ourselves because we've been taught that we're dumb and that we're stupid and the fact that we have to take a test and figure out our IQ, which is absolutely totally wrong. Everybody has a high IQ because you made it here on Earth. Came here. Your little sperm met the ova and you were created. Can't remember the numbers. It's astronomical numbers. But you made it here on the Earth. Eight billion? People saying, that's too many? Is it really? Why is it too many? Because we've decided to congregate, the majority of us, in these still towers in cities. But there's so much open space on the earth, we can take a lot more people. But if we learn to live with nature, and we weren't tied to a system of money, where we have to pay for food and pay for a house and pay for land and pay for this and pay for that. If everything was as it really should be, why do we pay taxes? Huh? I earn money. I pay taxes on the money I earn. I go to the store, I buy food. I pay taxes on that food. Then I got to get gas from my car and I pay taxes on It's all tax. Because why? Because of one little simple two words, greed and control. If everybody learned how to grow a garden, everybody had a little piece of land to grow a garden, we wouldn't need the supermarkets. There is a building somewhere in, it's either Europe or Asia, that all the people got together and said, okay, if we take half our balcony space and we grow food and we take the top of this building and we all go together and we grow vegetables on here because it's 80, 90 above all time, we can feed our building with wholesome, homemade, literally homemade food because everybody's energy in the building is contributing to that, and it's a very big success. 
We should do that more often. The little thing they had in Arizona, I think it was, where they put this biosphere up and they're trying to do everything, it failed miserably. I can't remember why it failed, but remember, it and they spent millions, millions and millions and millions trying to figure out nature. <laughs> and nature said, well, look at, um, uh, if you put a this bloody top over everything and you restrict the sunlight and you restrict the air and you restrict the fluids and movements of everything, no, it's not going to work properly. Not going to work. Because you see, in the old days, when we didn't have chemicals, everything was good because the soil was rich. But over time, and starting with our Industrial Revolution and many different things, it's like everyone says, boy, I sure wish I could live. Because the movies, they've really taught us about what they thought history was. Well, let's go back to London in the mid-1400s or 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. Find out that the horse and buggy, well, the horse's pollution went out the back end onto the street. Everywhere, everybody walked through it. You got it on your clothes. You got it on your shoes. It was everywhere. Then they had street cleaners. And it was just the way of life. Now, we're riding this fancy thing called a car. The pollution is going out the back, still stinking, still hurting the environment. But we've got convenience. And we've got a heater and we've got a radio. We've got TVs in there now and everything. Are we any better off? Not really. It's more convenient and it's more comfortable. But because all the modern cars have computers, and if the battery goes half flat, well, the car doesn't run. You have to call a tow truck. Oh, you can't call a tow truck because the Wi-Fi in the car isn't working because the battery's dead. I have to use my cell phone. Oh, well, the Internet's down. I can't use my cell phone. Folks, technology has two different sides. We can embrace the effect of what it can do for us. But we also have to understand that do we really need it? In some ways, it's going to help us. In other ways, it's not. Robots aren't going to take over the world. They're not going to fix everything because A, they have to be programmed and that takes a human being to do that. So the human being is a million times smarter than any computer or any robot. But again, the com what people fail to realize is the best robot in the world is a human being. Why do I say that? It's simple. Do you have to think about moving your muscles? Do you have to think about breathing? Do you have to think about your heart to keep the blood flowing through your veins? No, you don't. It's automatic. Yeah, when we're a baby, we got to learn how to walk. But what's that learning compromise things of? Learning about our environment from our smells, from our eyes, 
from our ears, from the other human beings around trying to help us, but we eventually learn how to walk. It takes time. But once we've mastered the art of walking, do we have to remember it anymore? Nope. It just becomes, like I said, automatic. Look at birds. Look at the migrations patterns of birds and realize the amount of energy they must conserve and hold in their bodies to fly, let's say, from Canada to Florida. That's using cosmic energy to feed themselves for the long journey. They're in their built-in radar systems know where to go. But man is screwing that up with all his telecommunications. But you see, the Earth has a different plan too. Because in the ancient times, we had massive communication things, but they don't want us to know they were there. They're on many buildings. They're just inoperative. Take a look at the pyramids and take a look at how many countries pyramids were built in within a few years of each other. Well, they sure as heck didn't call on the cell phone. Hey, you over there in the Yucatan, uh, I got this real good building plan over here. I'm going to send you the plans you can build it. You may build it a little different because the stones are different, but you can build it anyway. These are the things that the archaeologists are finding out. I read a thing a few years ago. This guy traced an indigenous group of people from the deepest part of Africa all the way to Alaska over how many hundreds and hundreds of years. And how did he track them? He tracked them by the kinds of buildings that were built from the time they left Africa to the time they got to the Alaska and the Yukon. They changed the type of building to suit where they were going, but they were built by the same people. And that's what they don't, that's what these people that want to keep history into a little notebook. This is what they don't want us to know. So, it's 10 to 9. Penny said she wanted to do a little talking about her music that she's got ready. So, Penny, I hand you the talking stick. Uh, you didn't give anybody any chance to comment, Rama, uh, Randy. I will Okay. Say- we have five minutes give to comment. Give five minutes. Sorry, I was raving and ranting, but it's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I heard Almina earlier. I thought maybe she might have something to share. Almina, do you? No, I don't really. No, my brain is not. My brain is in sleep mode. Uh Uh-oh. It's buffering. (laughs) (laughs) Buffering. (laughs) (laughs) It's buffering, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just like the computer is just buffering and it just won't, you know, it won't pop clear. 
<laughs> well, you're really clear right now. I just, okay. I just heard you a couple yeah. of times kind of squeaking in there and then things. That out. was her snoring. That was all right. It's her <laughs> snoring. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, no, I wasn't snoring. It probably came in and went out just as fast as it came in. <laughs> just ran. It just ran, you know, how it, things run. Well, for me, anyway, things run through my brain very fast. Uh-huh. And it's well, like, I better, I better be up and awake and ready to catch it. But when it comes to this hour of the night, it's, it sort of shuts down. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Penny, did you want to say something or I have... Yeah. No, you. I, I was just going to take over, and because there's so much that Randy said, and uh, he was in uh, he was in the zone. He was in rant mode, so uh, getting in was a little bit tough. Um, but I, I, the music is a little bit. It's about nine minutes tonight, and um, that's why I wanted to get in a little bit early. So, and I also wanted to explain. A little bit, not explain, uh, describe a little bit about what um, I've chosen and why, uh, because I think it's important and it really fits in with some of the things Randy was saying. And it's also um, a carryover from last weekend, too. So I wrote it out so I wouldn't forget it. Um, and so I'll begin. I want to share with you something about the music chosen for tonight and why I chose it. And especially this particular performance, because you recognize, I guess all of you know that, that there will always be 110 presentations of one of the songs that you like. And how do you choose the best one? Well, it took me about four hours, two hours to do this, right? I wanted to end this year with something exciting and triumphant and inspiring. So I turned again to Handel's Messiah. And no, I am not suggesting the Hallelujah Chorus again. We heard it twice last week. However, people can be forgiven for thinking of Hallelujah as the chorus at the end of the entire piece. It is not. The whole oratorio is made up of three parts, and Hallelujah is at the end of the second part. The end of the third part is equal to or maybe even more significant, as the emphasis is now on the triumph of all of humanity. Part three has seven, nine separate choruses in it. And what we're going to be hearing is the link between all of those nine pieces. The last piece is called Worthy is the Lamb. And it includes the best choral amen you have ever heard or sung. And of course, I have to say that because I don't know how many. I was trying to count up the other day how many times I've sung Messiah. Aside from the two nights of performance, in a, I'll say this for the, the week of performance week. There's two nights of performance, one night of dress rehearsal, one night of rehearsal in the rehearsal hall. And if something doesn't suit, suit a section captain, you go and do a little bit of rehearsing on Saturday morning about the part. So uh, uh, performance week was don't talk to me. I'll talk to you on Sunday when everything is finished. That was how I handled my family. Don't talk to me. You know what I'm doing. You know where to find me. <laughs> I'll be at singing or in bed, one or the other. Uh, so anyway, part. So I'm saying that "Worthy is the Lamb" is the last piece of part two, part three, and it includes a lot of other pieces, including the best choral all men, 
you have ever heard or sung. And the introduction to this last piece is made by means of a trumpet and a baritone or a bass baritone. So the linchpin of part three is the trumpet chill sound, and that's what we're going to hear. I venture to say that the words in that piece are what the entire oratorio is about. So you can check all that out when you get uh, the BBS podcast, which is uploaded uh, usually Sunday or Monday. And tonight's notes, when they're uploaded on the website, you'll find the YouTube link of the performance that I've chosen for tonight's show. And I've chosen it for a lot of reasons. Um, And one of them is the way that the, the choir and the performers are laid out in the performing area. And, uh, well, there's a couple of other things as well. Um, I, I want to point out a, a few things. One is the interplay between the singer and the trumpet. And the trumpet is an instrument similar in form to that used in Handel's time. It's a very long, long piece. And um, I think they choose the trumpet, the guy to play the trumpet by the length of his arms because it really is long. And there's only Two, two. It's only wound up twice. You know, some some of the little, the smaller trumpets are just wound up like pieces of hard rock candy. This one, these ones are very, very long. But anyway, the interplay is awesome between the singer and the trumpet because they're standing on the same level in the performance space. So neither musician is given precedence over the other. In some of the other performances I saw, the the singer would be at the front. And the trumpeter would be behind, or he would be up in the in the lectern, you know, where the where the preacher stands to make his uh, sermons on Sunday morning. He'd be separated from the the singer. And in one one I saw an older man. He'd performed for years and years. He actually turned his back to the audience and he watched the trumpet player playing because the trumpet player was awesome. And he was paying respect to the trumpet player. In this case, both of them are on the same level. And so they can appreciate each other. And also, it's because there's an interweaving of the sound of the trumpet and the words that the baritone is singing. So it's it's beautiful. And, as, and neither, another point to show you or to tell you, is that neither musician, trumpeter or singer, are looking at their music. They're both singing and performing from memory. Or And as I said, they're in the zone when they're singing. And that's the only place to be when you're singing, I want to say. And I also want to comment on the language of the text. Um, the words are about resurrection, bodily corruption, other phrases from biblical text, which people hear and mostly take at face value. It's biblical, it's literal, it's to be revered. We die, our bodies decay, we will be quote-unquote redeemed, we will rise as resurrected beings in the latter days, and it all sounds pretty apocalyptic. So this is the text. The trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put on in corruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. And the words are taken from, oh, it's from the New Testament. I I saw the the, uh, book, but which book from the New Testament, but I didn't write it down. 
Um, so what I'm doing this time is I am asking you to listen with today's energy. And we've heard lots from Rama about what's going on. We all know ourselves from our own experience what's going on. And Mother Sekhmet last Tuesday on the Ashtar Legacy Call talked about, she was speaking about being in the now moment. And she said that we are already in 5D. We are already changed. We are not waiting for future action. It's already happened. We're living it. Not only are we changed and in 5D, we continue to change even though we don't see it happening. Thanks to the incoming energies from the Grand Central Sun via the ginormous solar flares and adamantine particles as well. So everything is changing. So when he starts at towards the end talking about we shall be changed, um, he's singing the words of 300 years ago, but I was hearing it with the language and the understanding that we have now. And it makes the hair on your head stand up. Um, so I'm asking you to listen with today's ears and spiritual awareness and to feel the energy and the higher, deeper meaning of the words of the librettist and the music that handle of handle combined, which continue to send triumph and inspiration across three centuries of our time and into the ethers to lift other beings and energies as well as our own. So with that introduction, uh, uh, Randy, you can push the button. And, oh, uh, 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 Penny? Yes, ma'am. I, we forgot to just do a little bit of housekeeping. Before we do this, can I do a, just a 30-second little request? Yeah, I have 30 seconds. Well, that should be time enough for Don to get lined up if he's there. Yes. So if he could hold his finger on the button, that would be good. Okay. Thank you, Penny, and everyone. Um, we're at the second week of December, and we owe $212.80 to be complete with the second week of December. And then we need 305 for the third week of December and 305 for the fourth week of December. And I was just going to say, let's see as we could complete with our brothers and here in uh, at BBS radio so that they can be complete and receive their just due for this month. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, abundance to us all and prosperity to us all. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank Happy you, New everybody. Year. It's happening. And again, we'll see you on Friday and on Saturday. We've got wonderful things planned. So it be. So be it. <laughs> and I pass the talking stick back to you, Penny. Thank you. Okay. Are you there, Andy? I'm here. Have you called in the man? I'm going to do it just now. Don, Don, whoever's in process there in Texas, we're ready for the music. Good night, everyone. And Good night, Omina. Good night, Omina. <laughs>